have a gift for you all. Hang on. Oh, oh, did you learn it? <laughs> See if I can play the damn thing. All right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So while right we've all been working and our students have not. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was ready and all queued up with uh... <laughs> I don't think we could play more of it than that. Probably not. Probably. Oh, so no, good. we're still we're still okay with fair use. <laughs> oh man. Nobody's oh, man. checking nobody's checking the uh um copyright laws right now, dude. So. Fair enough. They're not in the office. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm not sure it's essential. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All right. So Corona Tones uh well, I mean, since since we put the first one out, is this the second one or is this the third this one? This is the second one. Yeah. This is the second one. Lost episode doesn't count. See, yeah, all right. <laughs> so Corona Tones 2.0. We are for I know for me this was the third full day of online teaching. Um, who who else has been doing it this week? Yeah, we're all oh, kind of I, waving. Yeah. <laughs> this like mo- we're this is week two for us. So okay, so you've been yeah. in it. I mean, but but you were like your already, class. My was class is already, already like ready to go. mostly online to begin with. So. Okay. Um, uh, I can tell you that not all students stay engaged when it's a online format. This is mm-hmm. what I have to report. Although I will say I will give a lot of credit to my students who are participating in the things that I've set up for them because they're participating really meaningfully and enthusiastically. Mm. But it's like I was already only getting like two, uh, three quarters more like 80% of the enrolled students to come to class and then like 40% of them are now still engaged or are now still participating in this stuff. People are handing stuff in like, but I'm creating, I've created things like discussion boards and stuff for them to like talk to each other. And like a smaller population of them is actually doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, like for for instance, my theory class. I'm I, this is only the second time I'm teaching it, and uh, or the second day I, I'm I'm teaching it, and you know I had a certain group show up on Monday, and I had probably eighty percent of the same group show up on uh, today. But I will say, like the whole the my idea from last time of like using Teams to record the entire lecture, and then. Uh, uh, sorry, using Teams to record the entire lecture and then posting that on, um, you know, on their Microsoft stream or whatever, it has worked because someone who wasn't there on Monday said, oh, I have a question. I watched the lecture and I have a question about, you know, today. So nice. like yeah. that, the synch- the synchronous and asynchronous teaching simultaneously is working, it seems. 
Jamie's pointing to Jamie's pointing. Oh wait, to do a we beer. need to roll call our drinks? Is that what you're trying to do, Jamie? Oh, okay. <laughs> subtle. I was trying well, to be someone's, subtle. Someone's not a good host. Hmm. Jamie, Jamie is uh, someone else's the... crew's directing th- tonight. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Nice timing. That was actually really, really good timing. (laughs) All right. So since it is, is, I love that we're in the drop era of lexical tones, (laughs) (laughs) Corona tones. See, I actually so um, to be able to share my audio. so we talked about it the other night. I have since found a program that will do it much easier and much better. It's mm-hmm. called it's called Loopback uh, by Rogue Amoeba. It's a hundred bucks, but it is worth every penny. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, but uh, that's how I'm able to do this and also record it onto the podcast. So Yay. anyway, uh, we should since it isn't over drinks, we should say <laughs> what we're drinking. So. Jamie, lead the way. Yeah, I am drinking a Krabby's ginger beer, which I think fits this week. <laughs> Krabby. So, uh, Krabby. So I've I've reverted. <laughs> I've regressed. You were so, so oh. good last time. But, uh, you know, my, my, old, my old staple, it's the uh, Ellicottville Brewing Company Blueberry Wheat. Um, I actually was going to open a, a Blackberry. Um little german oh, ale over here but uh i apparently got the labels mixed up and opened the blueberry first so we're, we're here with my blueberry wheat rob looks so sad are you sure i can't take pictures tonight yes <laughs> no i know that is actually what i look like yes no pictures <laughs> all right continuing away from that that is a bombay sapphire gin and tonic with three olives no limes Ooh. <laughs> oh. Yes, I know I'm. Um, I am, I am ha- thematically related to Cherie. This is a um, this is from Right Brain Brewing Company, nice. which is in Traverse City, probably whoop, not far whoop. from sh- where where Cherie lives, because everywhere in Traverse City is pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's fair. I'm yeah. almost done with I'm almost done with this because I was skyping with one of our neighbors right before we were having a beer over Skype. Um, so when you I'm done pre-gaming? with this, I'm going to, I have friends, Andrew, I'm sorry. <laughs> Excellent. When I'm, oh boy. when I'm done, when I'm done with that, I'm going to open this Crowler of Sacred Cow IPA from just down the street in Ypsilanti, the Arbor Brewing Company. So um, I'm going to be pretty good by the time this episode's over. That's all I'm saying. Nice. Uh, I'm drinking a funky face, uh, tropical <laughs> sour, which is delicious. That's an uh, awesome can. Yeah, it's also really awesome if I hold up the imagery. <laughs> so this is from Old Ox Brewing Company, which is in Ashburn, Virginia, which is probably about eight miles from my house. I'm really spoiled where I live. We have over 90 breweries within 15 miles, oh which is pretty. Gosh. You'd wow. think it's a lot. And I am bragging because having a lot of beer is brag worthy. <laughs> And Ainsley I hear wants to be drinking something else. Yeah, but uh, what, oh. what are you drinking tonight? Frustration. That's what she's drinking. Oh, oh I heard. 
my I wife is putting it. our I'm three-year-old so down, and so I've got the angry baby for the moment. <laughs> I thought the cat was in the room, and and I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's really okay. Sweet little face. Our our six week old Isaac is peacefully sleeping. I'm watching him on the monitor, and if I play my cards right, he'll stay that way. We'll see. <laughs> I am knocking on wood right now. Just not loudly. No, not never loudly. Rob, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, I have. I'm finishing off uh, the f- one of the growlers I had from um, uh, from Devil's Kettle. Not the mm. growlers we talked about last time. Those were killed days ago. Days ago, they they have been replaced. And luckily, despite Ohio being on, you know, like uh, stay at home orders, uh, somehow Devil's Kettle is still open. And you yes. can still go get growlers. So once we knock off the second one in the next couple of days, I'm going to go down there because it is essential. Thank you. It's very well, essential. Is it curbside only? Declared. Do they let you walk in or is it curbside only? Uh, you can walk in. Oh. Uh, they have it kind of cordoned off so like you know where to be that is all six feet away and everything. But yeah. you could also call and they would bring it to your car. That's awesome. Our our breweries, um, both of the local breweries I've shouted out on these episodes, they do delivery. So they, um, when we get a growler, this crowler, and we got some six packs too, because Arbor Brewing Company cans. The other brewery does not. They just brought it to our house, which was awesome. But you're right, Rob. You can't let a growler sit for more than a couple days. I mean, it'll get no. flat anyway. But you just um, got to drink it. So yeah. now in New that- York. In New York, we have declared liquor stores essential, so clinks to that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and since I just uh, finished that beer and put it down, now I am ready to go with uh, Jefferson <laughs> Bourbon, which Ooh. was waiting in the wings. <laughs> we have no bourbon, and it's my biggest regret of this whole <laughs> Of this whole experience. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> If my wife heard me say that, she would be so sad. But she has heard me say that, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so week two of being isolated is week one for some of us for teaching isolated. Yeah. And we've already brought up some of the issues, just the lack of engagement. I don't know. On my end, I've so far, like, gotten my... Theory students and leadership students, I gave them a video on Monday about creating routines, but we're really just easing back in this week. We got a lovely letter from our provost that said, you know, check in with your students, make sure that they're, um, they're, you know, getting settled, but do not expect high levels of work this week, kind of ease back in by Friday, which was lovely to hear so the only thing i sent them earlier this week was just a here's how i run a routine when i don't have a schedule or anywhere to be and then my composers did start lessons and with the exception of one or two tech glitches they're actually all really just happy to be talking to people outside of their house right yeah Yeah. i have one who is home with there's four siblings and two parents, and all of them are working remotely. Maybe except one younger one. But no, he's got homework. No, they, yeah. they have homework as well. So it's six people on the same Wi-Fi. 
managing schedules and figuring out when he's practicing clarinet. And um, I'm, he, he's like, maybe the biggest trooper I've got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly, I think that uh, my like my private lessons have been going fine. I mean, yeah. that that's not really a surprise. And I've just decided, like, with that electro class, it's going total asynchronous. We're not even having it actual class time. And as I said, like, I don't know. Like, I was expecting there to be so many more tech glitches. And things have run kind of smoothly. Knock on wood. A lot of wood. <laughs> um, like, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I, I, it seemed like both on when I really only teach Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I don't, I don't do much Tuesday, Thursday. So on Monday and on Wednesday, around the 3 o'clock hour, it seemed like everything was starting to get a little glitchy and wonky. Hmm. which is not surprising i mean it's kind of like most has... professors yeah yeah <laughs> so I had, a, I had a little bit of issues today but honestly it's been okay um we had one issue where we were both trying to do video stuff at the same time and my internet kept saying you're unstable <laughs> i was like that's not nice it's just not nice. <laughs> that has that's happened a couple times too because Kate Kate is working from home too and she's also mm-hmm. on a bunch of, you know, video chats and and yeah. stuff. So we're we're often on at the same time, but well so I'm I'm teaching totally asynchronously because I don't know what my students ability to access yep. the internet is and also it's like way easier um especially on the tech end um and i'm sure that's part of the reason like i mentioned before the concerns about engagement like an asynchronous model is going to generate a different response because there's nothing for people to like tune into at the same time right but i've seen i i've been i've this is totally confirmation bias, but I've been really mm-hmm. affirmed, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of people who are getting into the, the end of the first week or the second week of doing online teaching that I follow on Twitter. And I've seen a lot of pro asynchronous talk on there, which is, makes me feel good. I mean, part of me feels a little guilty because I'm, I'm definitely doing it because the work is easy. Cause I don't have to, I don't have to coordinate as much in terms of, figuring stuff out and I know that this I teach at a community college and we don't have Zoom we don't have a like a video conferencing platform that's really friendly to sharing audio which is something that in a music situation you would want to be able to do mm-hmm. um and I know this because I've been getting help emails from other faculty in my area and I'm like sorry I'm not dealing with this because I've opted out in a way um yeah but it's, I think, I know that it's a sustainable, um, like, amount of instruction, quote-unquote, for me, but it'll be interesting to see over time, like, if people just tune it out or if people continue to be engaged, the ones who are, so. I did see one negative post from a Fredonia student, and um, it wasn't so much the platform wasn't working for them, it was that they were really concerned that asynchronous teaching isn't going to hold them accountable and they were worried about their own bad habits you know and and 
if we are really flexible with deadlines and we're asynchronous teaching, there's this there's this worry I have that suddenly all of our students are going to be trying to get everything done in the last week of classes and it's going yeah. to hurt a lot. Um, so <laughs> at least this the you know six private students I've had, I've all preframed them that we're not doing that. <laughs> um, mm. um, <laughs> totally. And if if I if I were teaching private lessons, it would be a lot more manageable to do like video conferencing lessons. And I've done that in the past. Yeah. Um, but I'm not teaching that this semester. I think we talked last week, um, Cherie made this great point of like investigating what is the essence of what we're trying to teach. Mm-hmm. And for my class, it's really about trying to put the students in a situation to develop discipline and accountability. And so, and I think I may have said this on the last episode, this is like a good, in some ways, a good outcome because it's forcing them to have to do that. And, and I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, I think the, uh, I mean, being forced to do something's not, not always good. And the student population I'm working with, unlike a four-year university student population, might be more prone to not keeping themselves accountable. But Even those people, years, I don't know. because Even four-year schools, they're, they don't, and the freshmen... Correct. This is this is yep. something that we've built habitually by saying, wow, I suck at this into our professional years and finally mm-hmm. figuring out routines that work for us um, and and kind of building the self-discipline into habits. And I'm just a little bit worried about, you know, the the entire population of undergraduates being expected to suddenly do this There's going to be a lot of. Uh, uh, there will be a lot of unsuccessful stories. Well, you know, I agree, but it's a learning thing. It's a learning curve. It is in a good way, but a hard way, (laughs) really hard way, harder, harder than we would like it to be. Right. Cause this this is, you know, we could do the easy way or the hard way, that kind of a (laughs) scenario. Right. And, and this is very much, well, welcome to the world. You know, when you get out of the hollowed halls of academia, you get to be the one that holds yourself accountable to a lot more, uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and of course there's added social pressure and other things that, that account for some of that, but it's, it's really you driving your own boat. Um, and so I, I think it is important to remember that there's no magic summer, right? Especially with the, the freshmen that come in at a four year university, a, a vast majority of them are still going to be coming right out of high school. Um, and th- I'm sorry, three, four months does not, magically transition them from the high school mentality immediately to the college mentality. Oh, um, no. So, yeah. yeah. Could, could we say, I mean, you say they're driving their, their own boat. Could we say that they are their own cruise ship director? Ooh. Oh. I mean, we just you keep could. drinking that bourbon, see what happens. <laughs> the arms up I don't... the drop is so good. <laughs> Isn't the cruise... Doesn't the cruise ship director just tell people about the events that are going yes. on on the cruise ship? They they're are, not. Yeah, they're they're not piloting. The... They're not piloting the ship. I think that was a pretty <laughs> shitty metaphor. Bro. Yeah, the cruise director is the one that's like, who doesn't have a lay on? Who wants a lay? I. I don't think that was not on the boat. That is the director. Who cares about who's piloting the ship if you're on a cruise? Most you want to know like what's it. happening and where you can get free booze. 
I think the people who died on the Costa Concordia that crashed in the Mediterranean, they cared who was piloting the ship. You can't win. You know, you know. uh, Please edit out the the fact that I'm laughing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was, it was a joke. It was a dark, dark joke. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the dark humor is strong with this. And I, I've I noticed that the, the the uh, the gallows humor is is uh, is quite good. Um, there was uh, so last time we were talking about you know how I was uh, what the transition would be like to, to to you know teaching with asking a lot of questions to teaching online where it was you know everyone having their mics open was maybe going to be a problem or something like that. I have found that, you know, at pretty much just like in class, there are a select number of students who are willing to answer questions. And there are some people who are just going to sit there and, and take in information that way. Take it it all is in. no different. <laughs> so and it's the same the, people. <laughs> Are you having them um, like type questions too? Like, are they all engaging through microphone or not? No, actually, um, you know, we on the very first day, everyone just kind of fell into a rhythm, and they—I mean—they can all see each other, and they're like, "Are you going to take this one? Are you going to? All right, I'll do it." And they unmute their mic and they answer the question, and it is. You know, things move perhaps a little bit slower than in a classroom, but. For all intents and purposes, my class has been absolutely rocking, you know, transitioning to this new platform. Nice. So I'm that's why I say like I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this. Um, we'll see when a bunch of the homework and, and other work starts coming in. But I do like the fact that they they have that that um, the the video of the the thing that they can always go back and refer to. Um, so that's that's been really helpful. So that's just an update from something we talked about last time that that method of teaching still kind of works. I've I've found at least. Yeah, the aspect of I, I like how you mentioned the aspect of classroom management more or less moves at a different pace, but yep. um, it, it's it's just another environment, right? It's a virtual yep. environment in this case, but you know it is it is still kind of managing a classroom space, and there are similar kinds of you know structural or or um, timing things that are going to be consistent across all of those kind of platforms. Yeah, and the one thing I feel like I really have to remember to do is just take a pause and ask, are there any questions? And really wait for someone to open up their mic because it's not... Wait for the latency. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, wait for the latency. It's not instant. And um, I I feel like I've been doing okay at that, but I could be doing better at it moving forward. Well, I think Um, what Garrett said about having them type in questions could address that. You know, if you had a chat window open and they, whenever they wanted, now they're not really interrupting you and it allows you to continue your train of thought or whatever student is speaking. And then chat room, let's take a look at the questions that have come up. The, I, yes, uh, I think that that's probably a good idea. I think the only thing that I know I'm going to forget about is that typically I'm full screen sharing and sharing a um, a present, you know, a keynote or yeah. a PowerPoint yeah, or, a PowerPoint. or something, 
And for our particular platform, the um, the notification doesn't come through. Ah. You have to go and check mm. it. Okay. So, yeah. So it's not like a visual reminder. Oh, someone has a question. Yeah. Uh, because I actually thought about that in the first place. I thought that might work, but when I got into it and saw the mechanics of how what I was actually going to see on the screen, I realized that I just have to remember. You know, every ten minutes. Okay, take a pause. Does anyone have any questions? Yeah. That's so interesting. That because I have not this semester, but in previous semesters of teaching, I've done like virtual classes on Zoom, which is a different platform than what yep. you're using, Rob. Yep. Like Zoom enables screen sharing, but also doesn't like eliminate the ability to see questions coming in. Yes. So like I would have the, what I would do, I think I mentioned this in the last episode is some students would go to the classroom and put me up on the projector and then they would come up with questions and they designated someone to type in the questions yeah. and yeah. that it worked, it worked really well and just accommodate. Cause some people stayed in their apartment where mm-hmm. one person, this might've been for like a study session or something was like in their car driving with like their phone on their lap or something. <laughs> I don't recommend that. By the yeah, way. that doesn't um, seem safe, but. But uh, but it's all it's so interesting that it's just a difference in the platform and what the platform's capabilities. It's sort of like composing a piece for one instrument that just can't hit this note. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And Garrett, you know who's, I know Interlochen's going to be using Zoom. Well, you know, we're working on Zoom now. I've been testing it because we're not out of spring break yet, so I haven't actually tried teaching with it yet. But I've tested it. I've taught my dad how to get on it. We've had a conversation. I had my tennis woman. We had our uh, our version of over drinks the other night we all chatted together and I had to teach a bunch of women who I mean you think I might be technically inept good god no I looked like a genius by comparison (laughs) (laughs) and and then I was like no honey you can't never mind (laughs) (laughs) but the chat was great for that because in that particular instance as an example um, there's, there's always two or three personalities that really wanted to dominate as they always do. And other people could just type in what they wanted to say and that didn't disappear. But we yeah. weren't, I wasn't using a PowerPoint, you know? Yeah. 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 I did. I did in my first second lesson, it must've been second lesson. What I am noticing is everybody's kind of slow to start composing after spring break. You know, normally they'd come yeah. back this week and they'd have a lot of, of music. And, um, I basically was like, you know, if you just need to talk about what plans are moving forward, cool. And if we have to downsize what you're working on mm-hmm. to make it work, um, you know, I'm personally, I have some chamber music I'm supposed to be writing and some larger stuff. And I am working on a solo piece until I get back into the flow of things. And so I said, if we have to do that the same, I do like that on zoom, I've been able to annotate their scores and that's I've been having hmm. fun with highlighters and pencils and different colors and you know Ooh, that's I want a really you to cool teach me function. how to do that. Yeah. I don't know how to do that yet. <laughs> I'll make a video on how Thank to do you. it. Thank <laughs> you. And share it asynchronously. And mm-hmm. share it asynchronously. <laughs> so let me chime in just a little bit here with the parental point of view because I haven't been saying Please. very much yeah. because oh I have my not God. been um, I didn't even think about that. Oh, my uh-huh. God. <laughs> I have not. You know, we're still on spring break until April 6th. That will be my first day back teaching. So I have the luxury of listening to all of you all and seeing what you're struggling with and editing in advance, you know. Um, 
But I've been watching my 19-year-old as she is now, what's today, Wednesday? So she's a week and a half into online learning. And she's pretty even keel kid. And last night she had a full-on meltdown, tears, sobbing, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. Now, to, to be fair, and I should lead with, um, yesterday was a long day for her. She had an 8 a.m. class, done at 10. She had a break. She had a noon class, done at 1, had a break, had a 5 to 10 p.m. class. All of this is synchronously. Every single one of her classes is currently still mm, synchronously. Yeah. And her major, which is video game design, her oh. major, uh, because it's so new, has a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night class that go from 5 to 10 p.m. And mm. then on Wednesday morning, she's got an 8 a.m. class. So she's, she's exhausted. Yeah. But she yeah. always was at school. That was her schedule at school. So that's not new. But we all know that online is harder mm-hmm. for, for, I don't even know how to articulate the reasons, but it is. And she was breaking down because she's supposed to be using a program that the prof wants her to use. And he was going to send everybody a link so they didn't have to buy it. Apparently this thing is like $195 a month. So wow. the kids need the link. It's something Maya, mm-hmm. something, something Maya. And it's a big deal. Disney uses it. All the animators use it. So it's a big deal program. Yeah. And they were going to get a link. Well, she asked him to generate the link two or three times. She didn't get it. She checked her spam. She did all the right things. Mm. And now here's, here's where I think is the important, important part of my point. She didn't feel like she could ask again, but she couldn't solve it on her own. And she'd had a very long day and she just sort of broke down and I heard her and I went in and, um, most of you guys know that the gentleman I'm dating, William is an IT guy. And between the two of us, we helped her solve it, but her prof hadn't helped her solve it yet. Yeah. And I'm not saying he won't, but it's causing her frustration with the delay in time and knowing that he's on her side and he's going to help her do it. And she feels like she's imposing by asking yet again. So you can Mm -hmm. see where I'm going with this. And then she's afraid of, oh, my God, I might might fail because I can't even get to the thing I need to get to to do the thing I need to do. Yeah. You know? So this is from a very self-conscious, or or, I'm sorry, a very conscientious young person who wants Mm -hmm. to do all the right things. And I think those are the people... We have to watch for those outliers, the kids who yeah. are not engaging at all, like you guys mentioned at the beginning, and the kids who are rocking it. And let's make sure that they're rocking it easy, or are they rocking it because they're working their butt off more than we realize yeah. behind the That's scenes. That's a really good point. Well, I, I had a student email me on Sunday apologizing for not getting things in on time because she had sewn... 100 protective masks herself for healthcare workers in Michigan because we have a shortage of supplies just like everywhere else. And I was like, what's the opposite of the price is right uh, losing? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't have that sound in play right now. No whammies, no whammies. (laughs) That's not it either, but it's close. I'm I'm not going to send I'm not going to send my class this episode of the podcast though. Um but but like it, and that's that's something this is kind of related Sheree, where 
things will break down in the teaching, but then there's so much outside of that, too, that's going to, like, get in the way. And this student is similar, seems similar in personality to your daughter in that uh, they, um, or maybe, I may have already revealed that she's a she, but she um, has been really on top of stuff, and then because of the change and this, I, I, I emailed her back, I was like, you know, just do it when you can do it, like, I can't, you don't need to apologize for, for doing what got in the way, you know. For, and but, for um, being a good human, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I also, I, the, with the story about your daughter, Cherie, the, the first thing I was thinking is it's too bad that um, her professor was not communicating in a timely manner. And fortunately, I was able to respond to this student, because I'm only checking my university email about once a day. Fortunately, I was, ab I was able to respond within 90 minutes or something like that. Um, and that's, I think that's a part of what it, I'm surprised, because if, if things are running at your daughter's school, like, on time and synchronously, I'm surprised that that communication's not there. Like, that's hugely important to be regular with it, even if it's not, like, every hour, you know, well, to, my understanding to be from her is that this person is not typically a good email responder in a normal circumstance, so we can't mm. suddenly expect them to be. And I actually <laughs> that, tried to take that tack true. with her. It's like, this seems to be par for the course. Let's not stress that you're not hearing about this. But we don't know what our kids, parents, or or family is saying to them. Yep. You yeah. know, and and she's got, and and I'm going to brag on myself a little bit here. She's got a great environment to work here. She goes into a place. She's got her own space. I know and she's in mom. class. Thank you. I know she's Cheers. in class. But I bring her dinner. I don't say anything. I just set it on. I look. I leave. We don't know what what our kids are dealing with, and you know. Yeah. Well, and, and as someone who has some pretty extreme email anxiety from the past jobs I've had and the overlapping of past jobs, I actually get very anxious to get into my inbox in the morning and just, oh, God, what happened overnight? Um, I, this is actually... <laughs> damage report. Yeah, kind of. Damage report yeah. is a really great way to put it, number one. Um, and, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I am totally changed around in this because I want them to feel like I'm paying attention. The only uh, emails that I haven't responded to quickly is I asked all 50 of my students to send me a text survey so I knew what they were dealing with at home. And time zone and, you know, equipment and you know, other people's schedules. So I got a picture of it. I got a little bit, it got a little bit hairy there because all 50 of them were coming in at about the same time. But, um... For the most part, everything else has been like, yeah, you want help with your homework? Let's talk about it on Friday. You want this? Sure, let's do it. You can't do Zoom? Fine, I'll do Skype. I would prefer Zoom, but if you need to do Skype, I'm fine. Have you liked our podcast on iTunes yet? If not, you should. So go ahead and do that right now. Just just go give it a like. Go share it with someone. Go tell someone about it. I, kn I know you can't actually tell someone about it in, this, in these corona times right now, but share it on your Facebook. Share it on your Twitter. Share it on your Instagram. If you like it, chances are probably your friends will too. So help us out. Give it a share. And while you're doing that, listen to Jamie Lee Sampson's Strife for bassoon and alto saxophone. 
yeah, I will say, Andrew, that um, I I am horribly failing at email right now. <laughs> Meaning that I, when Andrew stayed at uh, with me, uh, however many you know, whenever that was, I got up one morning and he was already up, and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing awake right now?" Oh, I'm just <laughs> taking care of my email, and he yeah. told me about his zero inbox policy, and uh-huh. I have taken that to heart. I just looked. I have 95 emails in my <laughs> inbox. I feel like such a failure. No, if it no, makes it's... you feel any better, I just went from about 703 emails to being told about something called Unroll Me by Unroll a friend. Unroll Me, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fan. As somebody who has trouble throwing things away in case I need <laughs> them in the future kind of a thing, yeah, I'm such a fan of Unroll Me right now. What does it do? Um, so it, oh, you, you should tell it, them. it's primarily for getting rid of subscriptions that you didn't apply for anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But your yeah. name gets whatever. So you, you open it up. You have to agree to let it look at your email. But if you decide to do that, then the first thing it says is, I'm looking at your email and I find 96 subscriptions. <gasps> and I had that many oh. in one of mine. And I was just deleting them every day. And most of them I did not sign up for. Now, this was my junker email account where I go and I buy things online through this account, right? (laughs) But 96 subscriptions I don't want. And then it says, which ones do you want to keep? And it asks you, it's basically, do you want to keep it? Do you want to never see it again? Or do you want to put it in this um, sort of a, a holding place? And if you get one, we'll show it to you each day. And it, and it learns as you go. So I got rid of like oh, 90 of them. There were amazing. six that were actually mine for the last three days since I did this. My inbox has been nothing. Uh, 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 there's a cat. Kitty. <laughs> it's not a baby. Now it's a cat. But it's not a happy cat. <laughs> no, she's really pissed off. Not a happy right. cat. <laughs> oh, my So, um, oh, oh, <laughs> the cat just won. Garrett is dead. We no longer have him. This will be now known as the Memorial Lexical Tones episode. It wasn't Corona that won. Yeah, that's a true story. So. I was actually, I, I wanted to know, Andrew Cody, you were talking about, you know, your performance ensemble. Yeah. So how have you been managing that? Like what's, how, how have you been, you know, taking everything online this week? Yeah. So um, thanks for uh, letting me talk a little bit about this because I, I kind of have two things that I wanted to address. The first of which is kind of how we're um, at least approaching this. And then the other thing, which is how... Um, uh, you know, some of my colleagues are approaching this and how I've experienced um, specifically virtual performing, um, mm. which sounds really weird. Um, but I just came from doing that a couple hours ago. Uh, my church job, which is my full time gig, we we did a Wednesday night uh, worship service and uh, it was just myself and my colleague um, playing for an hour. And it's really weird playing for a, <laughs> a church that normally holds 800 people. Uh, to just a camera guy and a person doing the slides and the preacher who's off off to the side. So anyways, so what my ensemble is doing is we're actually taking a little bit of a page out of um, John Cage's playbook, uh, which is, um, you know, the piece Living Room Music? Have you heard that? Oh, yeah. 
So yeah, so it's a percussion piece, or at least a lot of percussionists do it. But it's written for uh, basically um, some pitched instruments and some some normal standard kind of instruments, or you could use it. But primarily, it's for stuff that you'd find in your living room. Um, so what I've decided is, is because my contemporary music ensemble is like half composers, half performers, uh, with a little bit more of composer performers in there as well. And um, what people are doing instead is, uh, right now, this week, everybody is taking a picture of where their music-making space is going to be for the rest of the semester. Um, and part of the thinking of that, which I haven't told my composers yet, so hopefully they don't, they don't <laughs> listen to this yet, but, um, <laughs> you know, because everybody knows what instruments they play, but not everybody has their instruments. Like, uh, you know, some people who use school instruments or their secondary instruments or, you know, it's not the performance level. They haven't had their piano tuned in two years and they can't afford to do it. So anyways, um, I so mean, that would fit. That would kind of fit right in, though. Actually, yeah, that would go. <laughs> with Kate. Kate, so. so anyway, so what we're going to do is instead of having a big, um, you know, concert where everybody does, we're going to instead uh, have our composers write pieces for each other's various music rooms. And so uh, the composers can be creative and, you know, could pull stuff off the shelves or say, oh, I didn't notice that toy percussion instrument in the background. But it'll be kind of an interesting experiment and hopefully highlighting, you know, or challenging them in ways to be creative compositionally. So that's yeah, what our ensemble is going to do. Um, but the hard thing is, as well, which a lot of people are trying to do now, especially because a lot of seniors who are graduating who um, aren't able to do their capstone recital, um, you know, or their senior recital or something along those lines, um, they're taking to doing streaming. And I feel like this is a whole new performance practice area that has never been explored, which is, well, except at some new music gatherings. If you got the 8 a.m. slot, you're used to performing for an empty an empty room. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Ooh, Andrew Cody taking on the new music gathering. You know, well, no, not, no, a new music gathering, Backtrack. not the Back, new Backtrack. music Backtrack. gathering. Backtrack. <laughs> I'm more thinking like SCI Region 5 Eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, conference music, yes. Hey, yes, that's what I'm. The largest at. region of them all. Oh, hey. Yes. Yeah. When I'm yeah. hosting Region Five, there will be no eight a.m. concert. It's because Ooh. you're going to be too hungover at eight a.m. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Earliest concert's going to be eleven. Thank you. Oh, there you go. It's a master plan. Cheers. Um, so, anyways, so this past Sunday was the first time um, I played with like my full band. And uh, it was supposed to be a service. We were at 10 people, uh, even though visually <laughs> stage-wise it didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, we can count the live streamers that are in there. And, you know, there was like 400-some-odd live streamers. Oh and awesome. normally, yeah, it's cool. And that's cameras and viewers or whatever. But anyways. What are you, like Questlove or some someone? What can I say? F yeah, 400. No, but... <laughs> So, God, so did, just did you see the the I'm I'm sorry I don't mean to derail no, no, you but no, did please. you see his DJ like party on Instagram and they had like forty four thousand people tuned in I wasn't or something invited. like that but the other guy that D uh, uh, D nice DJ D nice yeah he had a hundred thousand people oh my god exactly Michelle Obama tuned did you, in um <laughs> the so the the um, Bavarian State Orchestra. Last week, so a week ago Monday, they did a they stream concerts live every Monday. They're fabulous. I heard just the most amazing Richard Strauss Morgan performance on Monday. Mm. It it broke my heart. But 
they had, I don't know how many people tuned in this week, but the week before they had 15,000 people tune in. Holy Crazy. Wow. So here's here's the point I'm trying to get at, is the fact that even though... No, we, we won't let you make your point. <laughs> Please. <laughs> let me tell you about my church. No. Okay. So... <laughs> I must call this proselytizing lexicotones or proselytizing, but that sounds way worse. That does sound it a little, sounds no. very close to a prostate. That's Gloves exactly. required. Gloves required. Oh, guys. Uh, anyways. Okay. Sorry. So what I was trying to say um, is, though there's typically been more people than that in the room at one time, for some reason, my heart, with an empty room, but knowing that there was a camera on me, oh, freaked man. me out. Yeah. freaked me out and I had uh, it's like I don't, I don't really deal as much with performance anxiety anymore and you know it, I think you're given a lot of uh, you, you know in church music you're given a lot of uh, grace uh, that's the best way I can mm. describe it mm-hmm. but anyways yeah a lot of my musical sins are forgiven okay I'm done but anyways uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is <laughs> I'm just gonna throw church puns in there no but but what I'm saying is when our students are, are doing this it's gonna be really interesting and I think the closest mm. things maybe people yeah. can come up with is like, um, you know, graduate audition tapes. But then you can just press, you know, delete and go back. But if they're synchronously streaming recitals, it's going to be a whole new level of, uh, you know, performance anxiety coaching that, you know, I what, never really what thought if, about. What if they nail it and then the tech fucks up? That's the other thing too, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and so this this is great to talk about blueprinting, right? Because uh, Andrew, you're talking about that idea of you don't typically deal with performance anxiety, but of course, how often have you performed for five humans, right? Uh, it's it's not your sure. first rodeo, um, but you know you throw even the most seasoned professionals into a circumstance that they hadn't blueprinted for or hadn't conceived of or thought about being in it's it's uh it's exactly um it's exactly the things that trigger those anxiety related flight or fight kind of responses that that we all have um and it's 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 what i tell my uh composition and theory students you know what's the difference between a novice and a master truly it's just someone who recognizes patterns things that they've seen before and then now they they have tools to deal with that um, there's great studies about this from the 1960s uh, using chess and chess games and chess masters. We don't have time to go into it, but it's it's a we really don't. nerd. I know, right? It's we did a two really, hours last week. You you were going to cut us off at an hour, and we are approaching no. that. Fifteen no, minutes. Fifteen minutes. I was going to get a drink in a minute. Andrew, I love the point you're making. I actually have not heard that before. I love that comment about difference between the novice and the master. I, I'm mm-hmm. going to steal it. It. That's that's a lovely point. If you, How many professionals freaked out when we started doing widespread live stream concerts? Oh yeah, like at colleges. I was talking to someone I know in the Minnesota orchestra. They did a live broadcast performance like the Friday of the first week. Things started shutting down, mm-hmm. and this this person who will rename remain nameless was just like it was really weird to perform this con. Concert and it happened that the repertoire was extremely appropriate. They did the Leningrad Symphony by Shostakovich, which was premiered in a siege. You know, like crazy stuff, and 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 you could hear, you could hear like the only people. 
Yeah, okay. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I think Rob is Rob That was the worst exercise we ever had. I'm going to talk over you. Rob is auditioning to get a second DMA at Yale. To prove that he to prove that he knows the repertoire, but yeah, I think it's weird for the professionals as much as it is for our students, you know. No. Yeah, and that's why I was really disappointed. I'm going to bring back sports just because we're getting too music <laughs> sports, here. Sports, 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 sports. That they canceled because they were yes, going to do the NCAA sports tournament ball. without fans there. And I wonder, because yeah. I was thinking, you know, switching back to music slightly, like a classical performance versus, you know, maybe a rocker or jazz performance uh, might do different in this because maybe the rocker jazz performance is more... Uh, I don't know, uh, influenced audience by what's driven, going on yeah. in the audience. Yeah. Let me hear right. you. Are you guys ready to rock? <laughs> Are you ready to rock? Oh. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Silence. But yes. Yeah, so, no, but have you, have you those, all... Those NCAA kids, I don't think they would have performed nearly as well. And, and no. because I've have heard you... Federer talk about this on the tennis circuit. When the crowds hmm. go crazy for him, even when he, and he's older now, and he's not always the favorite, but he's up there in terms of being a favorite. Uh, whether he would win or not. But when the crowds get behind him, he finds mm-hmm. a new gear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And in classical so music, I've the like, crowd can't get behind you because they're right. not allowed no, to clap I've, I've, movements. I have we video streamed... Yeah. And they're in I front have video of you. streamed like a <laughs> half true. dozen... I video streamed a half dozen concerts since we started isolating two weeks ago. Like Nice. And, and, and listened to as many over like audio streams. It is profoundly weird mm-hmm. to watch people perform a piece and then bow as i mean they know yeah. they're doing it yeah they're doing it like <laughs> because they know people are watching right they but it is super strange I, but they're having to bow the one, with no applause yeah 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 and i was watching this performance from what's been fun is like a, a lot of these are in europe so like i, I watched this this chamber recital in Helsinki last week and like the the violinist and pianist were just like not having it they were the most unenthusiastic perfunctory bows I've ever seen and it like totally makes sense yeah you know they're they're doing their Beethoven they play it great and then it's like okay we have to bow because maybe some people are watching you know so have you guys ever seen any of those live Broadway Things they've done, like they did Peter Pan, they did yeah, Sound of Music. Well, no, I haven't watched mm-hmm. them, but I know they exist. They do, and I've seen <laughs> some of them, but not all of them. And they're awkward as all get out. Even when they're fabulously performed, yeah. they're awkward because because particularly Broadway feeds on that applause, feeds on, you know, that mm-hmm. that's a segue between mm-hmm. several yeah. things, right? Yeah. Yep. Like I love right. um, the show hold, last week. Hold to- Okay, I'll wait on it. What? I just wanted to see what my voice could do in a microphone there halfway. I just kind of was like, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> Andrew, you can Edit talk more. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get another drink? Yeah.
So while we get another drink, you should head over to adjectivenewmusic.com and check out all of the different pieces that the Adjective New Music Composers Collective have available for purchase, for rental, be it uh, solo works, chamber works, pieces for orchestra, band, choir, you name it. As you plan for next semester or next season, uh, for your next season's performance calendar, this would be a good place to check out. So while you do that, check out this piece by Andrew Martin Smith called Demi for three Demi clarinets. Sorry. Fuck you, Rob. I was just seeing if I could do it. <laughs> that is a really Oral cool part of that. Oral skills for the win. For the win. That is a really cool part of that piece, though. Right? I posted on the Instagram about this already, but this is my favorite beer name. I am Brute. Ah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> is that a Brute? Is that a Brute IPA? It is, yeah. It's so good. I love a Brute IPA. Such a It's a style that I had never tried before like a year ago this is mm-hmm. ooh, andrew cody can we just do beer talk for like a minute oh my Please. gosh i would love wait, it wait yeah. wait we could start a happens. new pod composer beer talk Bef- because i would be that, all oh my god it. please before That'd that so happens good. since i have two beer aficionados here um <sighs> fuck uh, <laughs> fuck. uh Kolsch, uh what is k-o-l-s-c-h it's it's Kolsch. Kolsch. It's a style of lager from Germany. Kohl's is where your dad buys New Balance shoes. You know, you okay. know um, when blackberry is infused in this particular German style beer, it is delicious. What's I do? Uh, what's, what's ironic about that, Andrew? Yes, please. Uh, Smith? Yes, please. Is that in Germany? I never noticed. Is there like a really high vibraphone part in there? Is that what the melody? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah.
And then it switches to Glock right there. Goes up the octave. Uh, Garrett, what were you saying? What I was trying to say, first of all, is that Andrew, Cody, and I were going to have a very sophisticated conversation about brute IPAs, which has been totally destroyed by all of you. Yes. Second, there is something ironic, Andrew, bad beer Andy, Andrew Martin Smith, about your fruit-infused Kolsch. Kolsch is a German style of beer in Germany. They have a law since the 16th century called the Reihensgebot, the the pure ingredient law, which says that beer can only have a combination of four ingredients. It originally it was three ingredients, water, hops, and barley, and then they amended it to include wheat. And so a, yes, I aspirate my WHs because I'm a full human being. So yeah. (laughs) Um, So the beer I'm drinking, this brute IPA and is the same idea, except what they do is they blend what types of hops and what types of malt. Which is kind of fun. So th- when they probably use a champagne yeast, that's probably why it's a brute. Oh, that too, made yeah. me switch to bourbon. And I'm and gonna it just has start resi- talking about tennis randomly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I, actually, I do I tennis really talk. Enjoy- I'll do tennis <laughs> talk. Sit see bus. But uh, that's my favorite. You like see bus? He's pretty oh, yeah. good. He's <laughs> one that he loves. He loves when the crowd is booing him. Oh and my hates god! Him, yes, he, and he suddenly thrives gets a lot off better. of that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. yeah. So oh, he's a heel. There's got to be a composer parallel. He's a tennis there. heel. Mm-hmm. Well, that actually that actually ties really nice into uh, the conversation we were just Wagner. I know who it is for me, but <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Uh, I don't think any of us are going to say it. Um, so that actually does tie a little bit. I'm sorry. No, are we Wagner. I said I said oh. Wagner. He doesn't love to be hated. He just loves to hate. Read. Judentum in der Musik, Jewishness in music. You, that yep. is some fucked up shit right there. Yep. But don't read it while you're quarantined. We're all too. Uh, don't go yeah, there now. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Don't don't go down the rabbit hole. No. Comedy. No. Comedy is our friend. By the way, I've already told Rob this. It's very important that if you need a comedy to watch, the entire run of Boy Meets World is up on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Can. Can I recommend a really funny comedy podcast that is free to access, unlike Disney Plus? Oh, um, is it better it, it's than called, Boy Meets World? It might be. I don't know. It probably not. Um, <laughs> my it's twelve-year-old called... brain, it's not hotter than Topanga. I can tell you that much. Mm. Okay. Oh my god! Way to be really heteronormative, Rob. I'm disappointed in you. Heteronormative. Um, I think we're back. Are you? Are, are, I think are you? Corona tones. Corona tones. In order, people. Sorry. We don't need to. No one stopped recording. We don't need to do it. <laughs> yes, Jamie, do it. <laughs> what was she gonna say? I thought you were saying something. Yeah, a half hour ago. <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna get Fine. post-it notes so I can remember what I'm talking about. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's. Are we uh, starting? And we're back. I don't know what we're gonna talk about, but we're back. All right. Okay, I'll lead. Um, since I have not started teaching yet, I have watched a lot of people posting in a couple of Facebook groups. Teachers mm-hmm. who and yep. there's 
I won't name the Facebook group, but we're probably all watching it. Um, and, and everybody's talking about all of the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they all sound like wonderful things. I'm not saying that. Mm. But all is the operative word. All yeah. of the things that they're doing. And I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And remember what I said earlier as a parent, watching a meltdown happen for a kid who doesn't usually melt down. Um, and I'm like, why, don't we need to try to be doing less? And I'm not trying to not yeah. do a good job here. Agreed. I'm trying to figure out the best way to help these kids and keep the engaged kid or the, the kids who might become unengaged, keep them engaged and not yeah. overwhelm the kids who might have all that going on. And are really and conscientious. I yeah. but, I, but I'll tell you, it's making me feel like crap as I watch it because this is, I feel like we should be doing less and I'm watching all my colleagues and I'm like, oh God, maybe I should be doing that. Or I didn't do this. Oh, yeah, one thing our university is doing, and um, uh, so starting with our uh, music department, is the bit the big, you know, universal word that we've seen, uh, you know, in all of our correspondence has been flexibility. That's been the yes. number one thing, and the fact that this mm-hmm. semester is so different. And our university has actually now come in. They just sent a notice actually earlier today, um, changing the grading policy, where students wow. can now opt uh, to have a pass fail grade or have a letter grade for the semester. Gotcha. Yep, mm. which is kind of interesting because a lot of people were clamoring for just pass fail, which was interesting. Which I yep. see the the I, benefit of why I support pe- the. Uh, I was gonna say I see. I why, support the maybe, only pass uh, fail thing, but yeah, some of the students think, really don't want that though. They want they they're here for their grades. They're working yeah. for their grades. They're working in a more difficult environment for their grades now yeah. because it's not college is built to be its own type of isolation. You know, we don't create communities where the average age is 20 or, or you know, the age range is four to six years long in any other aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. They get this little oasis away from most other kinds of responsibility. They have it. They have some responsibility, but most other kind of responsibility gets on hold so they can focus in this community, which is essentially isolated. Mm-hmm. And now we're putting them back into their, their life with their families, where there's, as I mentioned with my other, my, my student with six people in one house, all working on different things. You know, that is a very different environment. It's harder to balance those six schedules than it is for him to figure out, cool, I got to practice in a practice room, which is provided for me. I have to eat in a dining hall where the menu is already decided. We do a lot to mitigate overload in students' lives. Yes. And this is not that situation. So giving them more work because they're not getting face-to-face time with us, I think is going to backfire. I think it is. Yeah. I'm happy to be wrong on that. But I think it's going to be rough. Part of the reason I, and I don't know, this is my first semester teaching at the community college where I'm teaching my probably my first and last just because I'm a sabbatical replacement. I don't know if they have a pass-fail option, but I would love like a everyone is pass-fail just because we don't know the situations where students are going into, like Jamie was saying. And I think I've seen some compelling discourse about the how an opt-in grade or pass-fail thing like 
privileges certain students who are able to focus more on their work. Like like the student I mentioned before who who sewed a hundred masks. Like I don't want someone to feel like if I'm trying to help in this like larger sense of my community, I'm not gonna get as good of a grade and then my transcript I'm not gonna be able to get my associate's degree and transfer to a four year institution or something like that. And I've heard from a from a faculty standpoint as a uh, you know, I'm I'm ending five, my fifth year as a all time uh, contingent faculty member, so I don't have to deal with this. But like a lot of um, tenure track faculty that I've seen are like hoping for pauses in their tenure portfolio or time scale. I don't know, um, Rob, you might be able to talk about that if that's coming up or not. But, uh, it, it nothing um, nothing like that has been mentioned to me. I mean, frankly, I'm just banking on the fact that uh we're all in everyone everyone in the entire system is in the same boat right now. Everyone yeah. knows that spring semester 2020 is just lost. Yeah. You know, for it, yeah. like the yeah. professional things i mean this is a time to focus on the teaching and just it's try. a great time to have a new baby because you're <laughs> honestly not it really anything. is very right? true yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah but um but that you know i when this all first happened i was kind of mourning the loss of uh you know so many opportunities yeah. that were just like I had I'd worked for and like my music was out there working for me to uh to to get these things and to make these connections and now you know when it was like oh well Seamus is gone that was a hard time but then when like everything started to fall I was like okay well obviously everyone's in the same boat no one's having any sort of success or or no one's capitalizing on opportunities that i'm missing or something yeah. like that you're not so behind anyone yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm yeah. not i'm not behind we're all in the same boat and i'm just gonna bank on the fact that you know my tenure committee knows that <laughs> i mean this is a lost semester i'm not gonna have much um yeah. for it and well, and you, you know still... I've, I've kept track of all the things that i was going to do Correct. that were then canceled yeah, yes, but I think but there's going to be I, I a new asterisk in everybody's CVs that was like accepted, yeah. you know, peer reviewed and approved, but right. COVID nineteen in twenty twenty. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of COVID nineteen on that asterisk on that faculty annual report or whatever. Right, um, right. Yeah. Oh, I just found out about IDRS. Jamie sent me a message mm-hmm. the other day, which gave me the heads up. And and actually, yesterday I talked to Ryan. And I kind of yeah. knew that was probably coming end of June. That's probably a little yeah. soon to get back into conventions, but we hadn't heard it for sure. I know. I'm. I'm really bummed. I still have my fingers I, crossed for the National Flute Convention, but I. That's early August, and. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was we'll accepted. See. I was accepted to give a paper presentation at the CMS National. The yeah. Convention. Congrats Come again. In. College music. Thank you. Um, that's not why I brought it up. But uh, the uh, the the deadline, Rob. Uh, what something you just said um, made me think of this. Like the deadline to register is in June or July. 
Yeah. And I'm waiting until that day. I normally do that. Uh, yeah, I but, do too. But I'm waiting until the. I'm waiting until that. I mean, October. It seems ridiculous that October might be affected, but it could be. And I, I don't want to have to deal with some sort of even if they're in good faith trying to refund registration fees. Like I don't want to deal with that. I'm still I, waiting to hear from Delta on a plane refund. Oh, so am I. So am I. Yeah, for one of my registrations, I actually did get a refund. All the rest of them have kind of just eaten it uh, because they already spent the money. You know, yeah. they already they already made the programs. They already made the lanyards. They already got the swag, know, booked the halls. Yeah. But you can stuff. use it like, as a tax write off in that regard. So, well, it was all money coming like it was part of my startup funds or my H like my honors tutorial college money that I, I we don't get credit for teaching honor students. We get money, but we have oh, to spend it through the better through the uh, the system. So but it's not income that you can put on your taxes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. as Maybe. adjuncts, there's only two grants we can apply for per year through our, our campus that provide professional development money. We don't get it through our uni- through our college or through our school of music. We don't get it any other way. And I apply for both of them every single year. Yeah. And they asked, you know, who whose conferences are actually still happening because we haven't evaluated these yet. They were due on like March 6th or something like that. And for a little while, I was able to say IDRS was still happening. But when they canceled, I emailed the committee and said, you know, I've got a lot of other professional development options, but only these two windows to apply for these. If you will let me pivot my application, I am sure I can come up with something good that's not travel in, intensive, but I don't want to eat the eat it on this this year, yeah. and I have heard nothing back because they don't know. We, well, yeah. For, yeah. So for my my concert presenting organization, Apex Contemporary Performance at AEPEXC Twitter, <laughs> like and subscribe. And we're on Facebook. Yeah, um, do it. We uh, we Give don't tweet like. very. We don't tweet very much. Ie, I don't tweet very much from that account. Um, <laughs> We follow Garrett a, at his personal account for the tweeting. At Garrett, <laughs> at, of APEC. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I tweet a lot. Um, so we we got a grant from the American Music Project to do programming that's not happening, and oh. like I haven't even reached like Jamie. I'm like I have too much anxiety over what you're dealing with. Like I haven't even reached out to them. I'm sure every concert that they've sponsored that's happened in. From February through whenever is mm-hmm. is canceled, and I just don't know what it is. And like, I want to for this for to go to the CMS conference uh, because I am an itinerant adjunct faculty member. I yeah. It I may have employment in the fall, but it'll be at a different school than where I'm teaching now. I will have to apply to the state of Michigan to get funding, and I don't know if that will be there. It's very stressful, and like we have a lot of other for Apex, we have a lot of other grants that we would normally apply to. That I just don't know what it is, and I I new I don't know if you all have seen, but New Music USA has released recently. They yeah. have this like artist relief fund, and it's really really excellent. Oh, but I thought you were going to talk about their grants because we got a notification 
as as an well, applicant. They they're delaying their grant payments, but they're trying to help performers. But it's very focused on performers. And it's capped. And, I think it's five hundred dollars. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think it's excellent that they're doing that, but these limitations are extremely frustrating and stressful. And something I worry about existentially is a very apparent consequence of what is going on is how much the, how deteriorated the sense of public infrastructure across the board is in the United States. So Hmm. like everything is privatized and the arts are, are challenging to privatize and there's no public public support system. There are some states that have better infrastructures for supporting artists who live in their states, like Minnesota, for example, has seems to have pretty good resources and that sort of thing. And I just worry, like, will it's a it's a to quote um, President George W. Bush's post White House book that he released the title of it decision points we're at a decision point like will we invest more in the public arts to support people who have been um totally displaced from a financial oh my god (laughs) jesus christ going on screenshot right now no no picture andrew for for those of you listening andrew down I've been outed. Andrew Cody has a copy of that book, um, Decision Points. Um, But, like, what is going to happen? Are we going to support people who have been affected by by what's going on? Or will things continue to deteriorate? It's extremely dispiriting for me. So, yeah. And I'm sure it is. we, We didn't even get a new music. USA grant. So like I'm not even impacted by that. I'm just like frightened. I, I was actually talking about moving forward cuz I applied for this yeah. this current year and oh, the okay. first yeah, thing yeah. that they sent us was don't worry about the dates that you originally proposed. We're going to evaluate this as if dates don't um I'm sorry. People are holding up book covers. I'm just going to Where's where's who moved my cheese? That's the book I want right now. Who moved my cheese? Andrew bought a book called The Ends of the World, and it's right next to me, but I can't reach it. Man, look at all of our libraries. This is impressive. (laughs) Hey, I was the one that was able to bust out a George W. Bush book. (laughs) I'm a little worried about uh, Andrew. I'm a little worried if if, Andrew Cody. I'm a little worried if you should still be an adjective. Collective because you have that book. I have, I have, no, I have hey, like every. Hey, hey stop and think about hey, how much every hey, one of us. Hey, what we talked about last time. Right right I'm judging. I'm just joking. Hey, I'm just joking. I never voted. The person who dropped the mic is about to do it again. Hey, you're clipping. Fuck off. <laughs> we don't judge. Everybody's welcome. I was just giving him a hard time. What did Eisenhower say? Don't we do roll our eyes though? Hey, uh, Cody, Cody and I, we're going to be doing Brute Boys, which is a Brute IPA podcast. Yes, Brute Boys. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Why don't you just call it Brute Bros or something? Brute Bros. That's what it sounds like. We're going to make sure that our our mics are set at optimal levels. Brute Combrosers. Brute Dads. 
double the dads. <laughs> Two kids now, double the dad jokes coming your way. Love it. should come up with a name for the people that make it this far in an overdrinks podcast and and suffer through all of the terrible dad jokes like the ones we just heard um but if you've made it this far thank you so much for listening um if you could let us know you know by giving us a comment or something like that that'd be awesome uh but while you're doing this take a listen to one of my pieces this is struggling in excess for oboe and fixed media or for soprano saxophone and fixed media Because you had applied for your New Music USA oh, yes, grant. Yes, yes. I had stupidly presumed that your funding was delayed, but that's not the case. And I you just, very patiently waited me for, waited for me to go on a monologue about it. So please talk you about your experience. You did a bit. No, I'm just, I'm really, I'm... Okay, so for us, and you're going to have to edit out Andrew's chair squeaking because he can't see to sit still. snorting right now? Andy's snorting. <laughs> so for composers... It's very important that we have passive income, and one of the major ways we get passive income is through performance royalties. And it's March, so we just got publisher royalties, and Rob McClure Ooh. has just made a choo-choo sign because... <laughs> choo-choo sign! Choo-choo! <laughs> because um, performance royalties were pretty good to us this past year. Yes, and, they were. Um, and in large part, to thanks to the 419 festival that we did in Toledo. Thank you, Toledo Symphony. And mm, Toledo, Toledo Museum. And Toledo Art, Art Museum and Toledo uh, Ballet and who else was Merwin Sue and Scott Boberg. Okay. Toledo. And Toledo. And me. <laughs> oh, <poor> guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, my, my worry this, uh, this coming year is that we are creating a lot of relief funds for the performing artists, as we rightly should, because they are the ones in immediate danger. My concern is that in a year from now, all these composers are going to have zero dollar royalties, and there's going to be nothing to address that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we, we had a lot of us, I mean, mm. if you just look at the six of us on this podcast, we had a lot of performances lined up over the next six to eight weeks that have just been canned mm-hmm. and um, kind of feeling the need to talk to ASCAP and say, 
you know, the pop industry already supports us a bit. What can you do to support these composers who bring in far less, who had, you know, a couple thousand in performance royalties they just lost out on? So I don't know whether I have the energy to do that while I'm also learning how to teach online, but it's a great initiative for someone to take on or all of us to take on. That was a great segue right there. The energy, the energy idea, because Cherie's initial point was uh, was seeing, um, uh, you know, on the forums, how all of our colleagues are doing these. That was overwhelming. Or having these amazing ideas. Right. Uh, And and really, really elegant or well-crafted, structured courses using all the latest technology and tools and the coolest gadgets and toys and the greatest pedagogy um and 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 feeling overwhelmed because of it and or or um inadequate or uh, you know yeah all of all these things but also remembering that yeah we're dealing we're dealing with a lot of factors that are going to mitigate the elegance of of some of these uh plans that are going on and um the idea that what was my epiphany? My epiphany was I finished recording a, a video lecture that Jamie and I did together in tandem, and it was about an hour long. It was actually it was like a fifty five minute video. It was like a class lecture uh, where we bantered. The witty banter was strong, and there was some great jokes, not by me. Um, and yeah. you know, it was it was a lovely <laughs> lovely time. But then, what do I have to do? I have to render that. Oh, I have to actually export this. And that takes time. And no matter how fast my my nice new-ish computer is uh, in terms of processing speed, that's time that I can no longer really dedicate to do anything serious on that machine uh, or risk danger, right? Oh, oh, there's Rob McClure with a question. Uh, Unmute yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really a question. It's more of a... A, a comment, but mm. um, I Sheree, that's I, the I worst totally, kind of question. Oh, shut up! We're back, <laughs> we're back to conferences. We're back to conference. Okay, Sheree, I totally get what you're what you're talking about because I think I I myself kind of suffer from that sometimes, where it's like there's this new situation or this new problem, and I get to fix it, and I get hmm. to throw all my energy at trying to fix it when what I should be doing is saying, is it really worth it to fix it? Is it worth it to spend all this time and energy for something that is, you know, going to be viewed once, maybe, maybe viewed once. And uh, that's, that's really, you know, what, how I came to like, I, I'm very big with my students on like, I I say this to them all the time, know thyself. And if you know yourself, you know how you react to things and you can counter that if you think it's a bad thing or if you, if it's not a bad thing, but something you want to change in yourself and the know thyself of me looking at this problem and saying, oh my God, I can do this technological thing and this technological thing and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be great and I know that I react that way and I just kind of decided like, wait, take a step back. Is it worth it? I think that's that's a good way to look at it. In the Lost podcast, I think I called it online triage, right? Yes. Um, Online triage. So so you're you're absolutely right. If I make a, a fantabulous video right now, 
for my kids in a certain class, they're each going to see it once, maybe twice. I don't know that they need to watch it twice, but, but once. If I'm really right. making an online class, if somebody says, please teach this online class for real, not because of this issue with COVID, right. then, then I'm going to take three months to make this online class, and I'm going to make that video even better, and it's going to be a yep. video I can use year after year after yep. year, yes. not yep. just something I'm, I'm putting up there to the best of my ability. But putting Without up there to get this class taught. Yep. Yeah. Meanwhile, I still have to be her mother. And I Correct. have to help any kid who's freaking out. And I have to solve their problems. And so, so where am I putting my energy? Yeah. It's not, the, it's not the time to try and, like, be the next online, do, like, do the next set of online master classes. Right. Should, we, uh, should we take a break to get more... I'm I'm gonna say I'm I'm exhausted yeah, and I have yeah. an 8 a.m. I hey, have an 8 a.m. office hour. Okay, yeah, so should um, we do a wrap up session? I think I think we should do a wrap up somehow. Okay, so okay. Andrew, I'm looking at you. You always wrap us up. Oh crap, that's me. Yes. Right. Um <laughs> so I think uh the the one thing that I think I'd like to come back to is that idea of of just clear communication. And I think now more than ever that idea of absolutely clear communication is um paramount. And that's the one thing that I think would have allevi- alleviated uh you know Cherie's daughter's predicament is mm-hmm. it's not just timely communication or anything like that because again the the teachers are all overloaded right now too. Um, and the, there's all of these things to consider, lots of plates being spun, lots of things being juggled. And um, I think we all just need to allow ourselves to acknowledge that. And I've been very, very straight with all of my students. Uh, my deadlines are all very, very flexible. But even in my in-person classes, I'm like, if you email me before you miss my class, I don't particularly care what the email says it's most likely going to be an excused absence. Why? Because you've actually taken the time to communicate with me. You just didn't blow me off and not show up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing, I think, that holds even more true in this kind of remote learning situation. Just be upfront. If, if you have a technological issue, that's, that's absolutely fine. Let me know about it. Because the sooner I know about it, the sooner I can fix it. Or mm-hmm. help you fix it. Or point you in the direction of someone else who can help you fix it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the students are being really supportive. Which is yeah. lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of times they when when they are, for because they've been treated like customers for so long, they want to get their money's worth, and just this is not happening right now, this month, this week. Um, you know, the, it's they are all very appreciative that the teachers are as in the dark as they are and turning on a dime to make this work for the rest of their semester. I agree with you. And, yeah. and, and I would even add to what Andrew said that, and we began with this a little bit too, the idea of that asynchronous class when you can, when that's the right thing to do. But part of the stress for my daughter has been that everything she's doing is synchronous. And if mm-hmm. any one of those things was asynchronous, she could have a hot minute to think about it and solve it and yeah. get, jump back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, guys, this was fun. We should mm-hmm. do it next week too, because 
Chances are we're all still going to be home. (laughs) Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.